Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another direct recap show. I am your host, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is that retro code, Eddie V. Yes! I'm so happy to be doing this. It has been such a long time that we did a recap, boss. Uh, I would say, what, like four months and some change? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, So, we are going to be recapping the uh, Nintendo Direct that happened on... June 22nd, 2022, as you can tell by the thumbnail, uh, Nintendo did a about a 24-ish minute presentation on Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming out mm-hmm. on July 29th, uh, so that's just a mere five weeks away. Uh, I thought the presentation was pretty good. I know people were disappointed that this wasn't a real direct, but like, this is their big game for the summer, and I think that they did a great job of kind of getting people excited you know i i I think uh overall the presentation was great i like how they did a little deep dive on kind of the world and the story and just how open this game is because it's it's an open world it is a fully open it's not it doesn't seem like it's zones like in two and one right it's it's definitely an open world so and and i like the characters and it's just a beautiful looking game. Uh, Ed, what did you think of the presentation? I thoroughly enjoyed it. My my job was on the ground, just looking at the graphics, like the environments, but then how this game is going to be so story driven, like mm-hmm. very heavy. Um, and I know Nintendo is not known for big stories, but I kind of feel like this is like a start for not just Xenoblade, but for Nintendo in general, I'm like, if you guys could tell these deep stories, there's this is a that'd be a new look for Nintendo. Uh, you know, Monolith Software is great at what they do, but man, I was when I was just watching the presentation, I'm like, oh, okay, so I, I see where that's going. I'm like, wait a minute, if this is stuff that's just happening in the beginning in some parts of the game, how long is this game going to be? Like we don't, we, I don't know who the villain is yet. Um, I don't know if we're gonna be in mechs or anything. I un, I understand like the merch system, like with the two characters, mm-hmm. but I'm like, what is there? What are they incorporating that they didn't show in this presentation? And I, it just made me hyper for this game. Yeah, this this game definitely has a really interesting kind of battle system. The merging system is interesting uh you know they they kind of showed off a little bit of just how each kind of uh uh, they also showed off like when you go to a location like okay there's the big like mech kind of thing in each location that you kind of have to solve the Mm -hmm. whatever around it and each location is a fast travel point which they clearly took from breath of the wild i feel like uh you know and and obviously like one and two are such huge games and those worlds were kind of tedious to explore in that sense right like if you needed to go back like there wasn't really a great fast travel system you know and Mm -hmm. and so the fact that each kind of uh city or location that you discover you can just kind of go to after you discover it is a really nice kind of middle ground i feel of that and uh yeah so 
Ed, I, I know we don't want to spend a, an hour talking about this, but <laughs> uh, let's just kind of go down kind of what notes you have here, and then we'll kind of go from from there. Okay. Well, um, the game has six main characters, each belonging to one or two warning nations. This includes Noah, Ewan, and Lance, who represent the country of Keys, and while uh, Mayo, Tyon, and Senna belong to Agnes. Uh, there's two different fra- uh, factions that's fighting each other because the story kind of re- re- resolves around these two nations fighting against each other uh, because they each have 10 years to live and known as a turn. Um, you know, they're fighting uh, the opposing nation uh, to honor a homecoming ceremony. So if they win, um, by the time they get ready to leave this world, um, this queen will come out and uh, present them to, like, the, you know, present them as they, like, leave the world. And when you look at the direct, uh, if you die in battle, you see, like, this red kind of, it's almost like a deletion. Like, this red stuff going into these robots to like charge them up but it's kind of like a deletion from a computer um because you kind of go into these red sprites it looks like data being like sucked in um and when you uh are honored by the queen leaving the world you have this gold uh deletion uh to it um, but however, uh, in Xenoblade Chronicles 3, uh, these main characters who uh, become fugitives and they each join, you know, uh, join together to fight this opposition rather than fight against themselves. And they meet this man who tells all of them that they have a bigger story, a bigger quest um, to seek out and everything. And so that revolves around the game. So, uh, it's very interesting on where they're going with the story um, and how these characters are going to be interacting, how how it looks like, uh, you know, Noah, he is kind of the leader uh, that you guys see. And Mio, uh, she's almost like the leader for the other side and how their stories uh, kind of combine together. Then at some point in time, they go into this dreamlike sequence. You see uh, Noah's eye have like a different color, mm-hmm. and they're like in this gold kind of universe where Mio is standing underneath Noah, and that's when like more stuff is happening. So there's things that in the game we just don't know yet, but those characters in that story, like I said, I I was thoroughly shocked on where they're going. I'm like ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I was kind of wondering, I'm like, how are, how are they birthed? Like, they don't look like they are, because to me, ten years, I'm thinking like, oh, they died. They're they're ten years old. You mean, but they these are adults, and I I wonder how they're going to explain more of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think uh, I think that there's a mystery here and kind of some sort of, you know, something that's going to unravel around the mystery of their 10 year kind of cycle. And I wonder if there's someone here that will break that cycle. Uh, You know, I I just, it it gives me kind of final fantasy 10 vibes in a way Uh where like, you know, like, uh, I mean, not that, 
it's it's kind of the opposite actually but like you know sin the the enemy in in final fantasy 10 the kind of major player in in that game uh has a death span of about 10 years and then he'll resurface right and then they have to find this uh kind of new solution to kill sin because like you know uh spoilers for final fantasy 10 i guess it's 20 years old you guys can play it on switch if you haven't played it already but like uh the summoner uh which is played by the role of yuna in final fantasy 10 but there have been previous uh previous summoners who would sacrifice their life their life to kind of uh you know push sin back and kill him off for his Mm -hmm. 10-year cycle of peace and prosperity and and whatnot and uh the whole story is they they want to find a new way to defeat sin and not have him come back ever and you know then the story plays out and you see what happens but uh i wonder if there's going to be something like that in in the story and them trying to find a new like a new way to kind of break their cycle and the 10 year kind of span is going to be broken in a sense. Well, in, in the trailer, when the queen uh, or this princess, I'm, I'm just calling her queen, um, when she's like sending them up in the ceremony, it looks like she got a big role to play. Like she, she feels like the villain in this game in a sense, but I, I cannot. Well, I, I, I'm not sure. I almost feel like the villains are those masked characters, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, I want to, I'm intrigued by this story. Uh, and I wonder mm-hmm. how much the story is actually going to connect back to the first two games. Uh, because as we see late, late uh, later in the direct, that tease that a new heroes and, uh, companion quests are coming but b there's a shot of the sword in this game uh rex's sword from the second game and then uh the monado from the first game right yes. and you kind of see them all sitting together and it's a really cool shot and dan and i were talking in the discord about it how cool that shot is and how we were hoping that maybe rex and uh shulk will end up in this game somehow or some variation of the Xenoblade 2 and 1 characters. Well, everything is still taking place on the world that Xenoblade 1 and 2 takes place. Right. So, And this is in the future. So maybe those swords do have the memories, do play a part of what's mm-hmm. going on. And I wonder yeah. now, because this is, this is going to be the third game, is there is this like, you know, Nintendo loves doing stuff in threes. Like, we look at the Triforce. Is this the Triforce with the game? Like, this is the third game. This may be third blade. What if all the swords connect together to make, like, a super weapon? Exactly. Exactly. Gives it, like, real Power Rangers vibes here. But, yeah, I mean, I think think there could be something really interesting here to play at. And uh, I'm interested to see how the characters and the time thing kind of uh, plays out. Uh, Ed, I want to move on to uh, the world itself and just how massive and beautiful this world looks. Uh, it is. It's it's fallen over, guys. <laughs> Sorry it's about fine. that. Uh, 
I, I want to talk about the world. It looks massive, but it looks like a living, like kind of like a living world. You know, like we, we kind of talk about mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild and how big that world is and exploring it was fun, but there's not really a lot of towns and, you know, just random kind of thing. Like, you know, like there's not like a city every 10 steps or whatever. And it kind of felt yes. a little empty in some areas uh, in terms of a living, breathing world, right? Okay, yeah, you can go into the forest and there's bears and deer and uh, enemies kind of wandering around, but, like, you don't really get big cities in that game. And this game looks like there are a lot of kind of small towns you can visit, a lot mm-hmm. of areas that you can kind of go and explore. So what what do you think, Ed? What are you What are you thinking about this? I love the fact that there's camps that's around that you could go and meet and like charge up, be able to buy weapons and equipment and stuff that you're going uh, that you're going to need. It's a I think they literally just like you said, Breath of the Wild. I think they learned from that game to include these little small places that you seek that you find throughout this massive world. First of all, how is this world possible? On how gorgeous it looks. Just like it looks like a painting in a sense, but it's so detailed. And I, I, I don't know how Monolith does it. I'm like, how are you guys able to make this beautiful, expensive world, even though it may not feel it that way when you look at the map? When you're running through, it feels like there's just this big environment and i and i know it's because some of the enemies and stuff but i'm just impressed and i wonder where what little secrets i'm going to find am i going to find a hidden town in a cave that i don't know about is there going to be a campsite that i could literally go into and set up or or anything um there's so many possibilities i i'm just i'm blown away on what they're doing with Mm -hmm. that yeah and what was kind of uh really cool to see was uh you know there's a lot of texture detail in this game that didn't yes. really show up in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or even Breath of the Wild to that extent right where like uh, there's a scene in the direct where they're kind of sitting at the table because they were explaining uh cooking and that kind of thing that you can do in this game and you could see like you know, obviously, if you own another console, this isn't as impressive. But it, for a game that's as large as this, running on the Switch, right? Like, you see the bricks and the like little rocks that are kind of laying and scattered because the bricks are broken, and uh, you know, you see the grass kind of waving back and forth like you did in Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild, and you see just kind of junk laying around that you could tell this civilization is rebuilding or was broken at some, at one point. Right. And it's just, there's a lot of detail in this world. And then when you get out into like the big open fields and stuff, you see, uh, obviously you see the giant sword that has pierced the world. Right. That's kind of like how it opens. Uh, and you see just this, uh, like these lakes and, you know, water is, is something that, I get is not as impressive uh, <clears throat> this far out into, you know, past like the 360 Xbox uh, or 360 PS3 generation. Uh, but they, it's just, they did a great job of making this world feel alive mm-hmm. and large 
and explorable all at the same time, which, you know, we know that uh, Monolith is working on Breath of the Wild 2, and they're kind of the uh, map designers of the world, if you will. You know, their tech is used <clears throat> for that, and I just... I'm excited to see what's what this game has to offer in terms of the world. They it, they paid attention to detail in this world, and I think because now that it's been uh, five years that they have worked on the Switch and everything, I think they kind of learned and definitely making new assets and or improving assets that they probably have in their system. They really paid attention to detail to be like, okay. Now that we have put not Xena, not only Breath of the Wild, but Xenoblade 2, uh, putting the definitive version, working on our new game, and also doing the tournament expansion, we have enough information on how to develop on the Switch and right. really be able, probably a little bit cheat some places here and there, but you wouldn't even know it because of how detailed the world is. Right. So, like, yeah. they're, they're masters. Yeah. They, I mean, they really, they really are in terms of like they are. I think they're Nintendo's best world designers, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that's impressive co- coming from a company that you know has developed worlds for Zelda and Metroid and Mario, right? Because I mean, you, you know, it, it's just it's really cool to see them just, oh, so good. I think what works for them, and I, I love the fact that you said they're the best world creators, they don't have to worry about level design like the rest of the Nintendo developers are. So I think because they don't have to worry about that, they could just be able to build. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they need to do a level or something, they probably could go to any other people, other developers in Nintendo and be able to get their help. But because they don't have to worry about that, we can worry about battle mechanics and the world itself. And that's pretty much it. And with mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. So, uh, so the last thing I kind of want to touch on here, uh, well, the last couple things, I guess, is there's, there's a crafting system, there's a cooking system, which we, I think we kind of knew was coming, uh, Mm -hmm. based off the last couple games, uh, amiibo support, uh, uh, you know, Shulk amiibo, and I'm, I'm assuming whenever, uh, Pyra and Mithra come out, those will also be, um, usable, did they say yes. that if you could use other amiibo like Breath of the Wild, where like you okay, could use any amiibo? Okay, yeah, because like I remember they were, you know, when Breath of the Wild came out, the you know the Zelda ones obviously gave you like kind of bigger major items, mm-hmm. uh, but then if you scanned Mario, it would give you like mushrooms or something, right, and to yeah. cook with or you know that kind of thing. So that's cool that you can use any amiibo. I didn't really catch that. Uh, part uh but is there anything else you really want to hit on with this i think that i think that this game looks wonderful i am very very excited for this i you know i was excited when they announced it right like i, I was like okay cool another xenoblade game but now watching this yeah. deep dive it's five weeks away fire memorials is not really that impressive not that they're the same game but like you know it, to me i'm not really a big warriors fan but as someone mm-hmm. who loves three houses and and wanted more of that world that's a game that you know i've been playing the demo of because the game comes out tomorrow and we'll have impressions of that on nintendo power block proper uh yes but is there i i just think xenoblade chronicles 3 looks like a banger of a game and i think this is where i think this game is potentially the game where xenoblade becomes mainstream like fire emblem did with awakening 
Yeah. I, I, the one thing I do want to touch on is I'm glad they said that this game will have DLC at $30. Yeah. Um, and this is what you're all going to get. There's some new story parts. We're not ready to reveal it at, but that I, I love when companies be like, okay, this is stands up. There's going to be DLC. This is all the stuff that's going to contain. At a later date after the game comes out, they'll probably speak more on it. Yeah, you know, so so I I don't know if there's a bundle yet, but now I I I think the only thing that I wish they said it in the direct and they know and I know they could have said it was about the collector's edition. Uh, yeah, I think because of the the fiasco that they that happened and this was already pre-recorded, mm-hmm. they probably couldn't add any new when they're gonna do an uh which another is, release, which is fine. I don't think they needed that for a deep dive of the game. I just I don't think mm-hmm. they needed that. So. Yeah, but like pretty much everything else, I, I, I think it was an expectation for me, uh, for it because of not knowing that they was gonna do a direct and this had happened a while back. Uh, I think that's what I was expecting that they would add on, or Nintendo would do a tweet after after the direct and say, okay, I know we didn't add it, but the new pre-orders uh, for the collection is up. But they said that's gonna be at a later date, so I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, but yeah, everything this really. Not only gets me hyped for big RPGs or anything, I, I really feel like if this game can pull off everything that they showcase in this direct, I feel like this is literally a, this may be another game of the year contender. And I'm not just talking about game of the year for role playing games. I mean for 2022. Right. Yeah. So you know. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that this uh, I think this this game is going to be something really <laughs> I I seriously think after watching this deep dive and mm-hmm. I know that I'm just kind of I'm not the biggest Xenoblade fan, but I am excited to play them when they come out, right? Like I'm not like I'm not like a Xenoblade fan the way that I am a Zelda fan, but I think these games always look interesting, always look appealing and always look fun. And I think I'm ready to jump into this world. But like I said before, I think this is the game. I think this is the game that uh, makes this series mainstream. Yes. Uh, Last thing I I do want to say, I cannot wait to see the cosplay. I Uh love the outfits that are in this game. The cosplay that people are going to do is going to be crazy. (laughs) There, there are some, uh, there are some outfits in here that people will probably <laughs> love to uh, put on Instagram. We'll say, uh, yes. <laughs> anyways, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Direct Recap Show. We will be back with another Direct Recap Show the next time there is a Nintendo Direct, which is hopefully, hopefully soon, right? Like yes. I, I think the rumor is, you know, end of like maybe next week, maybe early July. So we will be there when there when it's there. Uh, you can find this episode on YouTube or on the Boss Rush podcast or the uh, <laughs> Nintendo Power Block podcast feed. Uh, you can follow us at Power Block Podcast on Twitter. You can follow Ed at that Retro Code. You can follow me at I am Corey HD. Please check out Nintendo Power Block every Wednesday on your podcast service of choice. Check out Expansion Pass, also found on that feed on Sundays. And we will see you next time here on the Direct Recap Show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.